This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Saturday Squeeze is your shortcut to being informed weekend style. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. Claire, absolutely no doubt what the biggest story was this week. The attack on Israel by Hamas means we've had one of those news weeks of total saturation of one story. Yeah. Saturation is really the best way to describe it. Mm. We're going to talk through the local ramifications here in Australia as well as give some suggestions about some things to listen to get you across the broader geopolitical context. We will do that. The release of Cheng Lei also was a big deal as well as those couple of earthquakes in Afghanistan. On any other week that would be one of the dominant news stories. Oh yeah, exactly right. But of course this is where we're at at the end of this week. Uh, There's also... A little thing called a referendum. We'll get you across how to watch the results as they come in. Let's do it. Claire, most weeks we pull out the most clicked link news story out of our newsletter, Squiz Today. First, a plug for Squiz Today. If you aren't subscribed to that newsletter, it's a brilliant way to keep up with the news. It complements our daily news podcast perfectly with links and more. I digress, though. Sorry Mm. for the, as I said, shameless plug. (laughs) The most clicked link is always a source of amusement for you and I and for the wider team. This week, it was... It was a really big pumpkin. (laughs) It's the best way to describe it. A 1,247-kilogram pumpkin, to be exact. Uh, Its owner called it Michael Jordan, Mm -hmm. which just adds to the hilarity. Uh, At one point he said that it looked like a basketball and then it just grew and grew and grew. And, of course, we're in the year 2023. 23 was Michael Jordan's number. Okay. So Michael Jordan the pumpkin. There you go. The biggest pumpkin ever. Ever. The biggest pumpkin ever. It's the kind of content you're missing if you're not signed up to the Squiz Today (laughs) newsletter. True. (laughs) So jump onto that and also we'll put a link to your episode notes to that giant pumpkin if you want to check it out. Now we've got that out of the way, Claire, Israel and Hamas. Last week we said on this podcast that The Voice would be the biggest story of the week, how wrong we were. Yeah, and very much wish that we were right, Yeah, the other things were bigger stories. So where to start with this one, hey? Uh, we yeah. don't want to talk you through point by point and go for the recount on exactly what happened in the order, uh, but just to make sense of it, we do need to give you a bit of background mm. in this very fraught relationship between Israel and Hamas. So we'll do the background and then we're actually going to tackle the local context So mm. what's happened here in Australia. We thought that was the best way to approach this this week. There's three places to understand in this story. Israel, with a predominantly Jewish population, Gaza, which is Hamas-controlled and largely Palestinian population, and the West Bank, also a largely Palestinian population. It's a very contested part of the world. Yeah, and of course Gaza and the West Bank have a largely Muslim population, Mm. so that adds that religious overlay in one of the most religiously significant parts of the world. Uh, When it comes to Hamas, as you say, they control Gaza. They're the militant group. Um, They want an independent Palestinian state. 
they're responsible for what happened over the weekend and they have been designated a terrorist organisation by the United States, the United Kingdom, Canada, New Zealand and also by Australia. That is something that was designated before the events that happened this weekend. You and Alex did a really great shortcut on this, um, which goes into the ins and outs and the background to this story. I really encourage people to listen to it. We also can't recommend highly enough two episodes of the New York Times, the daily podcast. We know plenty of people listening Mm. are, are fans of that podcast. They put out, as I said, two podcasts this week about the connection to Iran in particular I was interested in Mm. and you listened to the second one. Yeah, which was about Israel's management of Hamas in Gaza in recent times. There's a bit of background to that that will actually give you some really good context to what happened on the weekend. But to the point about our government and what we thought we'd focus on today is the response here in Australia because Mm. the Australian government has a policy on Israel and Palestine. It has to have a policy because we like to take our place on the world stage, of course, and it's a really fraught issue. Our position, Claire, isn't that different to other Western nations. Yeah, in that Australia doesn't recognise Gaza and the West Bank as an official Palestinian state. When it comes to Israel, our position is we're mates. They have a democracy. They have an open economy. They're a country that we deal with. We share a close relationship with them. Uh, And when it comes to the question about the issues between Israel and Palestinians, we support what's called a negotiated two-state solution to the Israeli and Palestinian conflict. This is one of those, this two-state solution is something that's talked about a lot and often is assumed knowledge when Mm. it comes to this story. So let's unpack that a little bit. A negotiated two-state solution is the idea that an independent state of Palestine could be created alongside the state of Israel, but they have to agree to that. It's not something the wider community can agree on. They have to agree on that. This hasn't happened, which kind of brings us to where we are now. Yeah, exactly right. And of course, the United States and other countries have been involved in trying to bring Israel and Palestinian leaders to the table to agree on something, and it's never actually happened. But when it comes to Hamas, as we said before, the militant group that controls Gaza, uh, as you'll hear when you listen to that daily episode, they started out as quite a moderate group. But these days, Western nations have designated them as terrorists because of their dedication to destroy Israel. So they're an Islamist movement. They're extremists. There are questions about how much support they have in Gaza. Some reports say as few as 30% of those who live in that territory support them as the authority in charge. And I guess the thing we've talked about between us a bit this week, Claire, is how that's all been reflected here. So I think we're kind of, we're getting there. Let's let's get there. We're, let's get to Australia. We're here. Yeah. And look, a good starting point is to look at the population here in Australia. Yeah. The 2021 census said that almost 100,000 Australians are Jewish, about 80 80,000 of them are pretty evenly divided between Melbourne and Sydney. Fun fact, when it comes to federal electorates, Wentworth in Sydney, which is Malcolm Turnbull's old seat, Mm. it's now Allegra Spender, who's one of the Teals, uh, almost 20,000 Jewish people live in that electorate. Which is, when you think about it by the size of electorates, it's about one in five voters in that electorate and those with Palestinian heritage. Yeah, so it's a bit harder to find this because we don't recognise Palestine as a state, Mm. but SBS says that over 13,000 Australian residents identify themselves as having Palestinian ancestry. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's not where it ends, though. There are many Aussies who have Palestinian roots. They were actually born, though, in countries uh, nearby Arab countries. So we're talking about Lebanon, Egypt, Iraq. When it comes to that, we're talking about maybe 300,000 people or more. A lot of those live in Sydney, 
and in large pockets in the western suburbs. Of Sydney, yeah. That's notable when we get to this bit about what went down this week. And that was a pro-Palestinian rally in Sydney on Monday night down at the Opera House an iconic Australian setting. Of course, I don't really need to say that. It was organised by the Palestine Action Group, Sydney. The official line was that they were out in support of Palestinians and calling for Australia to cut ties with Israel. The reality, though, of what we saw was worse than that. Yeah, really terrible anti-Semitic chants that we won't repeat, Um, all as the Opera House was lit up in blue and white in support of Israel. The New South Wales Police Minister is Yasmin Catley. She later said that the organisers didn't fill out the necessary paperwork to have that rally, so the demonstration wasn't approved. On top of that, Jewish Sydney-siders were told not to go there to see the Opera House lit up in Israel's colours because it was too dangerous. Which has been a source of much contention this week, that message that Mm. was sent. This is not where it ends. The Palestine Action Group are planning on another march on Sunday. Premier Chris Minns, the Premier here in New South Wales, Prime Minister Anthony Albanese, Coalition Peter Dutton, they all say that that rally must not go ahead. There are concerns other cities might have the same issues on the weekend. Yeah, there's similar pro-Palestinian organisations in other parts of the country and they are also saying that they might have these rallies on the weekend. So the urging from our top politicians is not to go ahead with that. Um, Dutton has also said when it comes to that Monday night rally that anyone who is living in Australia on a visa who attended that rally should be deported. His line is very definitive and very strong when it comes to how seriously he views what happened at that rally. And then there's the other side which says... What about the right to freedom of assembly and the right to free speech? And the right to protest. There's a bit of nuance there too, of course, including that protests should go ahead, but authorities should use our existing laws to prosecute anyone who incites racial hatred. So some argue you can protest, but what you say when you protest is the thing that should be prosecuted. You can't hold rallies in support of terrorist organisations, though. Yeah, that's one of our laws. You can't do that. And, of course, Hamas, as far as our government's concerned, are terrorists. And, Kate, there's just so much to this one. Uh, We should also say that squeezers who are affected by this, we've heard from a few of you this week too, we know it's a very difficult time. Claire and I were lamenting as we pulled this podcast together that we really sweat trying to answer questions about big news stories and making sure you understand them. And this one's a really difficult one to make sure you fully understand in one podcast. Because every point just has a whole background that you need to dive into to get to the starting point, it feels like. Yeah, it's been a difficult experience trying to pull this together, but we hope we've given you a part of the context and also specifically the local one, plus a bit of a cast forward and what the debate will be over the weekend and in the coming weeks here in Australia. Let's leave it there. Claire, it's such a cliché, but it was a huge week of news even outside of the attacks on Israel. It has been a a massive, massive week. Starting our Around the Grounds with the news that Cheng Lei had been released from a Chinese prison and returned home to Melbourne. Woohoo! It's good. Really exciting. So yeah. we spoke uh, about Cheng Lei as recently as August. It had been three years since she was jailed in China. Um, she's a journalist, Chinese-born. She came to Australia as a kid and she's very much an Aussie citizen. Um, her kids have been here throughout that period with her parents and she was working in China. She was arrested back in 2020, um, kept in solitary confinement for months, refused access to a lawyer. Getting our diplomats in there to talk to her was very difficult as well. Mm. She was eventually charged with, and this is the the quote of the legal charge, illegally supplying state secrets overseas. Yeah, last year her trial went ahead. The outcome was never made public. 
Ching was never sentenced. She's always maintained she's done nothing wrong. Her family, Claire, have been advocating on her behalf for all of these years. She's a mother, as you say. She has two children aged 11 and 14, Claire. We still don't know why she was detained in the first place. We also don't know why she was suddenly released. No, we don't know. But what we do know is that there has been a great diplomatic rally for this, Mm. a big challenge for our government. Uh, We know that they've been trying to secure her release, that they've been raising it with officials. We know that Anthony Albanese, as our Prime Minister, raised it with Xi Jinping, China's president. Um, We also know that our government is taking responsibility for her release as well. And I liked the commentary, um, I was reading this actually on the SBS, that uh, he was gently taking responsibility for her release. I think that's a really apt way of putting it. Anthony Albanese said when asked, if China has agreed Cheng Lei is not guilty of what she's been accused of, he said, no, this is the quote, Mm. China would not say that is the position. China would say that the judicial processes have been completed in China. This is all still very much a diplomatic dance. Yeah, it certainly is. And China says that she served her sentence and also that she confessed to her crime. So, Mm. yeah, it's a really interesting part of the telling of this. Um, Remember, of course, there's another Australian citizen in jail in China. That's Dr Yang Henjung. He's an Australian academic and a blogger, used to write about democracy, used Mm. to criticise the Chinese government for, particularly under Xi, going further away from any kind of democratic model. And remember that our Albanese is due to visit China this year. Could be as soon as the end of this month. There was talk of it being the end of this month. I was reading it might be the end of the year. We'll we'll have to wait and see. We don't know. If he does that, he'll be the first Prime Minister to do so since Malcolm Turnbull back in 2016. Yep. Second story, Kate, to pull out this week. Yep. Those earthquakes in Afghanistan. Yeah, a classic case of a terrible story that was swamped by another terrible story. The United Nations says more than a thousand people have died. I think, I mean, we don't really know. Afghanistan and this part of Afghanistan in particular is earthquake prone. But the impact of something like this is heightened because of a couple of factors. One, it's an area that's home to communities displaced by war and drought. It's difficult for local administrators to know exactly how many people are living there, how many people are impacted. And the state of the homes, of course, are very fragile. Yeah, of course, we're talking about a part of Afghanistan that's right near the Iranian border. So it's a very difficult place even for humanitarian organisations to get to. Uh, In the broader context of Afghanistan, of course, Taliban rule, getting aid in and out anyway is very difficult. Um, And of course, getting people on the ground to do it because women are banned now from participating in those sorts of things. Um, Getting the people on the ground to actually do it is very hard. Of course, most governments around the world don't recognise the Taliban as a legitimate government. So the stress of this really does fall on those aid organisations. Not good. No, not good at all. Coming up this week, tonight, the results of the referendum will be in. Claire, you and I will both be on the couch watching. We won't be on the same couch. Well, we could. No, I'm I'm not going. I'm I'm not leaving my place. (laughs) You're like on the other side of town. (laughs) And I get very tense. And she's not inviting me over, clearly. Yeah, I don't need much company for this sort of stuff. I need a screen. Yeah, like a I couple need of a TV. Yeah. I just need to keep hitting refresh on the AEC website or the ABC website who do really good data as well. They of course, do. Yeah. They hook up to Anthony Green's machine and away you go. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a few options when it comes to watching this all unfold. If you are inclined to do so, if you have other plans on Saturday night, no judgment from us. <laughs> well, a bit of judgment. <laughs> like positive judgment perhaps. Yeah, well, no. Um, but we will be on the couch. ABC from 6pm, David Spears and Bridget 
Brennan and, of course, Anthony Green, who you just mentioned. Yep. He'll be the one that calls it first probably. Um, he is the guy. He's the guru and all this stuff. So if he calls it for no or calls it for yes, you know it's pretty much right. And they're going to have to cause Samaras and Tony Barry, who are excellent pollsters. Okay really keen to hear what they're talking about in terms of the demographics, like who's done what when it yeah, comes to the Yeah, that will vote. be interesting, exactly. Yeah. Um, SBS On Demand has coverage as well um, alongside NITV. Sky News has coverage from 5 o'clock with Kieran Gilbert, Chris Kenny, Peter Credlin. Labor's Michelle Rowland will be on there and the leader of the Nats, David Littleproud. There's a whole host more. As for the major networks, Claire, no rolling coverage. No, but nine has coverage between 7 and 7.30 and 11 and 11.30. They're going to just dive into where things are at. Mm -hmm. Same with Channel 7. They're going to do it at 7 o'clock and then at 9.50, um, the voice wrap-up they're calling that. How and confusing would it be to be Channel 7 because they've got the voice on? Like That's the actual show? Well, maybe they could jazz it up. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Have like a high They might one. get people tuning in for like a voice recap, but they think it's the the, the singing show, but Looking, it's not. Wouldn't you be delighted with what you found instead <laughs> of the voice? I don't know which. I think I know what I prefer and it isn't the political coverage. But anyway. <laughs> this is where you and I, this is why I'm not coming to your place no, to go to your couch. I'm, um, I, of course, we both love looking at this stuff. <laughs> Will, I, I, I was going to ask you what channel you'll be watching, but as, as we've said, We'll probably be flicking, doing quite a bit of flicking. Uh, I get a bit tetchy, yeah. I need to just sort of settle into one. This will be our first referendum election. I mean, obviously first referendum in a very long time, but yeah. first election without Twitter. Yeah. Neither of us are really using Twitter anymore. Yeah, that's true. And it's weird because usually you're kind of getting the updates from Twitter. Well, a lot of the journalists have abandoned it too, yeah. so it's not the stream of information yeah. that it used to be. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. It'd be really interesting to see actually be how that threads? works. No, no, I won't be on threads. We'll I probably be won't be on Insta either. I don't know how Insta is going to render for the results. <laughs> anyway. Highly. Anyway, <laughs> um, Parliament's back next week. A yes or no vote. Either way, expect that to be a big thing in Parliament. Parliament, two sitting weeks in a row coming up. Claire, this is very news nerdy, but mm. that's who we are. Peter Grest and Frances Hagen are addressing the National Press Club next week. The topic is protecting whistleblowers and press freedom in the digital era. Peter Grest is a former journalist. He's a free press advocate. He was jailed in Egypt. Yeah. And that was a whole thing. So international press freedom and journalists being able to go about and do their things. That was his yeah. whole thing. That's right. Frances Hagen Claire is a Facebook whistleblower. So meta now. Like a huge deal. Yeah. When it came to events really. She was the one who said that Facebook knew, that Meta knew, that Instagram was harming teenage girls. Yes. That was right. part of that yeah. whole tranche of documents. Exactly. Yeah. It was a big thing. So 2021, we're talking about the Wall Street Journal did a whole investigation into Facebook. She gave them tens of thousands of documents to inform that series. She's talking, she's interesting, we'll be watching that. Um, some lighter stuff, Kate. Yeah, the Rolling well Stones have an album out. <laughs> Are you going to be listening to that? I don't think so. No, I'll just move on from that one. Um, Taylor Swift's The Eras Tour film. It's not just the if you can't get tickets. We've, of course, talked a lot about that this year, getting tickets. You can actually go to the cinema and watch it. Which <laughs> I'm a bit, like, miffed about. Like, I haven't even oh. seen it yet. Like, I, a lot of people haven't even well, had the opportunity. Go. I know I won't, but I'm like, Swifty, like, can you just let everyone have a crack at seeing it live first and I, then can you put the film out? I'm pretty sure I read somewhere because it's only just out in cinemas full stop. Yeah. Like a hundred million bucks just like that. 
to release it in cinemas. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay, right. Well, okay, that, that makes sense. Yeah. She's, she's a businesswoman. Exactly right. Anything else? No, I think that's, that's enough for that. <laughs> Squeeze recommends I read Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus a little while back. I think we recommended it in Saturday Squeeze like the end of last year or something. I've told you so many times I'm not reading books at the moment. I know, but it's a a great book. Um, It's now a show on Apple TV. It dropped yesterday. If you haven't read the book, I recommend it again. Okay. And I will be watching the series. Do I need to read the book before I watch the series? I don't think so. I I don't know. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. But I wouldn't have thought so. I just like to do that. I think I've said that on the podcast before because I – like to get a read of both, but Brie Larson is the lead. Oh, I've seen this advertised. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's, um, it's, I think a lot of people listening will be looking forward to this one. I am back on the Welcome to Wrexham bus. Okay. We talked a bit about it last year, the first season. Of course, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney, Hollywood stars, bought this Welsh football team. Um, really interesting that they didn't get promoted last year. That's the big aim to go up the tree of the English Soccer League. Um, They're doing quite well, of course, as we get into this one. We know the result. They do get promoted, but it's the journey to actually get out of this bottom tier. Is that one on from memory? It is on Disney Plus. Oh, Disney Plus, yes. And um, Lessons in Chemistry is on Apple TV. So, yeah, you got to have a subscription to both. Sorry to tell you, they're not um, a joint ticket these two recommendations this week and also we'll put all the recommendations we made on the Israel story this week in your episode notes. Squeeze Press, Claire, quickly this week, it's survey time. Survey time. So our survey is out, ready for you to complete. Dive on into that. We're going to have the link in the episode notes. Really, really big please and thank you yeah. for doing that. It's going to give us some information about your news consumption, also just how you're feeling about current affairs. This is the one where we sort of take your pulse mm. on the news, um, how you're feeling about the world, um, how you're consuming news. It's, um, I think, a really interesting survey to complete, but mm. also um, the results we get from it will really help us understand you, understand what you want from us um, and help us do our job just that little bit better. So if you could do that, that would be great. Yep. Finally... Stand by for a rebrand of Saturday Squiz. Yeah. So from next week, this podcast will be called The Weekly Wrap because we think that's what it does. We need a makeover. Yeah, it does. <laughs> we need a makeover. So same show. Same show. Different title. It's just a bit of clarity. We've got a few more steps in this chain, which all of will be revealed yeah. in time, but weekly wrap. We just think it better sums up what, what we do in is. this podcast. Exactly. Yeah. So it's your weekly wrap of the news that was and will be. We will see you next week. <laughs>